Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for PublishersWeekly.com and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And this week on uh, More to Come, uh, we've got big news. Uh, DC Comics moving to L.A. Uh, Crunchyroll and Kodansha get together and have a digital manga baby. Right? Comic Inc. retailers debacle. Uh, the Detroit Fanfare Convention, and I think that's it. So let's get right to it. Uh, and as as you put it in your story, Heidi, a historic and huge change to yes. the comics yes. publishing landscape One in New York long City. threatened, however. I think ever since the Warner Brothers purchased or, or acquired DC through a whole bunch of corporate acquisitions, um, apparently it was their plan to move it to the West Coast. It was, um, And it was long... So how long ago did they plan to move it to West Coast? Well, uh, it was uh, long ago Paul Levitz's uh, singular quest to keep them from moving to L.A. And he did a lot, a lot of things to keep them. This is the legend. So the legend goes, the good night Sir Paul of Levitz was always there trying to keep uh, D.C. from being moved man. to the West Coast. Yes, even though they had <laughs> tiny York little man. offices there. And the minute he uh, left as publisher, they did open a big West Coast office with all the major executives on the West Coast. Uh, coincidence? Probably not. And This is, uh, of course, in 2009. That when, was in uh, 2000. Well, yes, in 2010 is when the sundering of the elves began. Yes. And uh, some went west, and some were laid off, and some yeah, were left behind in New York. It was a big reorganization. It and was. Really, the writing kind of was really yeah. on the wall at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Paul was right, though. Mm-hmm. They wanted to move it to the West Coast. <laughs> yes. And now they still want to move it, and now they're finally doing it in 2015. So, um, really. So, the, the last boat to Valinor will be leaving then? Yeah, that's right. That's the last. <laughs> uh, and that end was come of the fellowship of the uh, Green Lantern Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about uh, really, uh, you know, the ending of. You know, I, 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 there's a certain amount of nostalgia here. I admit, I'm a, an old folky comic book fan. I grew up in a time uh, reading comics when um, your whole sensibility as a comics fan was really kind of defined by the notion that New York was this mecca where comics were made and that Marvel and DC were a meta level of (laughs) publisher superheroes that were also fighting out their battles in the streets of New York. Well, it really made them more of the publishing world. I mean, Mm -hmm. publishing, comics publishing has always been centered in New York. And of course, as the actual publishing world uh, disintegrates, um, I mean, you still find, just as the studios are headquartered in Hollywood, the big publishers are headquartered in New York. And, but this is just part of that entire, um, you know, metastasizing yeah. of the publishing world, really. And, and, you know, I've been, I've heard from various DC people that, you know, this isn't to do with the movies. They're making the movies just fine without DC. Uh, but they obviously want to want them close at hand. Um, well, and, you, yeah. you know, the handwriting was on the wall. I, I, I heard from someone, and I forget, when they opened these uh, Burbank offices, uh, one of my first friends to go visit them came back and, and said, you know, 
they have a complete office set up in Burbank. I mean, it has room for the libraries. It has offices for editorial. And there was nobody in them at the time. But, you know, obviously this was, as soon as I heard that, I mean, I knew that yeah. it really was just Only a ticking. A of time. It was just a ticking time up. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I agree with Calvin. It's part of the, the romance of the, sure. the the mean streets of New York as you pound the pavement. And, um, you know, where this really comes in now is, is a, uh, I, I'm not sure how many people work still at New York uh, in D.C.'s offices. It includes Mad and vertigo uh, i know the production is still there uh marketing sales i mean we're talking um quite a few people some publicity well, yeah. a little I, bit of, i mean a I, little publicity in i New could York. be wrong but i think most of the um superhero comics are still in in new york aren't they yes the dcu editorial vertigo edit- yes all the editorial but except digital and custom but we're also talking about the fact that really the artists are spread right around the globe, let alone yes. the country. Uh, yes. um, I, uh, some of the comments I've seen were sort of, well, you know, there aren't any New York City freelancers working there anymore anyway. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, look, part of this is what we're seeing here is really what's happening in the real world. It doesn't really matter where you are. Um, you know, uh, and as we move to the freelance economy even more so in some ways, uh, as you put it in your story, you know, the freelancer with the portfolio isn't dropping by the office right. to drop off art anymore. Right. It's true. It hasn't in a long while. It's true. And I think what uh, really is the true story here is that there's going to be a huge house cleaning at DC because not everybody's going to want to move to LA. Yeah. And I, I now in the memo, Diane Nelson, the publisher, or excuse me, the president of DC, did release a memo that she sent out. Uh, to the uh, all employees because apparently a bunch of news sites had wind of this and uh, they knew it was going to leak one way or the other so they you know got in front of it as best they could and um, uh, you know she said everybody's going to be offered relocation now I myself was a uh, beneficiary of a corporate location from Disney many many years ago and it cost quite a bit of money in 90s dollars and nowadays I would imagine for all these pack rats uh, we're talking yes. well into five figures to move these guys each yeah. so obviously it does matter where you live at least to Warner Brothers yes it does yeah. but uh, I mean, I, I am purely speculating here, but I, I, I'm guessing that some people will be offered moves on their own. Some will be offered complete relocation. Uh, I imagine there's going to be a variety of packages. And I imagine we're going to see a lot of people not make the move. Oh, yeah. I would imagine as well. Yeah. And so this is really, you know, this is the diaspora. This is, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of continuity at DC. I mean, everybody's already got their favorite people that they think won't make the move. There's already a betting pool going on. You know, I'm not going to speculate here, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure yeah. as soon as we hit a bar, we'll hear a lot more about this. Right. But this is not just a small thing. I mean, the comic industry, as we know, it was born in New York and has been there since the very beginning. Yeah. And for one of the cornerstones of it to move is is really it's not just the end of an era as in like one generation or anything. This is a uh from the very beginning. This right. is a change yeah. from the yeah. start yeah. of yeah. things. It yeah, is. It's, a, it's a change in in the mental space I yeah. think about New York. But um uh, about comics. It's very interesting though what you say that. I mean, I I I think Shannon O'Leary actually I was trading some comments on Facebook with her about this whole thing. And I think she said that of the top 5 publishers now there's really only one 
that's still in New York. That's correct. And that's That's Marvel. absolutely right. That's yes. Well, that's there, there were true. two, but now there's one. Yeah. So yeah, so there's one now, uh, and there will be two until 2015. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Archie's still in the west, uh, Arch- East yes. Coast. Yeah. Uh, Valiant is still here, but they're yeah. a smaller company. And uh, Comixology mm. is still located here. Uh, but isn't their main office in L- in L.A.? Comixology? Comixology? No, no, no. no. Oh. Their headquarters is here. Yeah, good. Uh, okay. For now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, now it's, uh, you know, who knows how long this is going to last. And, uh, I mean, you still have, um, some people pointed out King Features is still here. Uh, what's left of that? Um, yes, that's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, a whole I, different story. I wouldn't necessarily hold that up as a right. example I mean, you know, of the some strength people, of comics. Some people were. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, we still have an awesome cartooning school here in terms of SVA, mm-hmm. yeah. Pratt. Um but of course, Mocha is still here and institutionally, mm-hmm. and uh, there's no shortage of comic book creators. Here. Right. Well, when Brooklyn was hot, everybody was moving here, but now it's yeah. too expensive. So yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, I expect a lot of indie artists have actually left. Yes, that's true. So I mean, it's interesting. I mean, New York obviously still remains a really good cartooning town, but uh, it's interesting, and I guess in some ways it's become much less of an industry town, of a company mm-hmm. town, uh, where essentially any comics publishing that was worth it was here mm, yeah and that really hasn't been the case in a long time yep. and i mean i think you will see now with la they have a very tight-knit comics publishing community you know boom acquired archaea yeah. which mm, was right. uh, yeah. a chicago base but then it moved mm-hmm. to la and uh, i know i know people at both companies were you know good friends and uh, now they're the same company uh, you also have top cow there um and uh so Where's idw IDW's in San Diego. Um, so California just, uh, again. <laughs> yeah, California Image is in Northern California. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, California. Yeah. I guess Dark Horse, I have to admit Oregon. You won. Yeah. Well, Portland's the other Port- that yeah. has yeah. Uh, Dark Horse, Oni. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, um, Spark Plug is there. Um, so. You know, well, it was interesting. I mean, I mean, you know, NBM is still here in New York. Let's that's not true. forget NBM. Let's not Everybody forget always forget NBM at all. No. no. Yeah. Good and first second is still here. There yes. you go. So yes. Got, and second. of course, we have the New York trade houses yes. uh, and their comics list. So there, there certainly is a, you know, a bit of an industry here still. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's uh, not act as though Marvel is nothing. I mean, it's still well, yeah, orders that's of the magnitude next part of the, the bigger discussion. than most. Sure, sure. But companies. that's a big discussion. How soon before Marvel makes the move as well? But will they? I mean, do they have any incentive to do so? Uh, they have a gigantic owner that's in California. Yeah, but their gigantic owner is also in Florida. Well, I mean, well, Disney is outside of New York, also. Well, but <laughs> Disney yeah, has I mean, offices is, worldwide. What I meant, yes, yeah, yeah, that Disney is not the kind of thing that's so centralized the way Warner Brothers is. Disney's much more spread out, like an octopus everywhere. So well, it Warner might not Brothers be strange to them. Wants to be spread out. <laughs> But they clearly have centralization tendencies, yes. whereas Disney doesn't appear to. Well, well, so far they don't appear to. Now, I will say this, that I have heard uh, from completely informal um, people that, uh, you know, some Marvel people have been relocated. Uh, now, this is, uh, this is half information. I probably shouldn't even say it because I don't have any way of validating it. Um, but if that is the case, then who knows? I mean, maybe it's just a matter of time. Well, a lot of people from Marvel's offices have have moved to the West Coast offices. Yeah, okay, um, you know, so. a lot of people in their communications department, including Arun Singh, moved there mm-hmm. recently. He was the number one PR guy. Um, there you go. You know, Heidi, some of course, other, has real information. Yeah, well, some so. other people who aren't as well known, actually, mm-hmm. to the fans uh, have, have, but more in administrative and marketing kind of capacities. 
Um, you know, I, I Disney. I mean, Kate, you're absolutely right about that. In in terms of Disney having more uh, spread out offices, I mean, their top comics publishing office is in Milan, Italy. Mm -hmm, true. Um, you know, they have a big theme park department in Hong Kong. I mean, mm -hmm. they they do like to be this global octopus. Um, however, they also, as I well know, I mean, when I moved, it was for Disney. They also, I think, have a department that must do nothing but plan moves. So whenever they have people <laughs> move to one place, they decide to move them back. I know one guy. The guy who replaced me at Disney, he moved back and forth from the East Coast to the West Coast like something like three times. You know, they love moving people. They just moved a whole bunch of publishing people from the East Coast to the Burbank offices and then laid them off. So, um, you know, they love to move okay. people. Uh, I, I think right now everything's hung. And listen, everything's going great with Marvel right now. Uh, they'd be really stupid to mess with it at this point. Um, and... Uh, Disney is not, it's, it's, not, it's not in the cards for a little while, but, yeah. you know, the clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, a, a, a historical change um, as this comics industry continues to evolve. Uh, we're going to move on now to Kadansha and Crunchyroll. Um, they inked a, uh, an interesting deal. Uh, we had a story on it. In fact, the, uh, the, the venture was supposed to start today. Basically, uh, Kadansha is publishing 12... Uh, of its series uh, through uh, streaming him through uh, Country Roll, the uh, online anime and manga streaming uh, portal. Well, yeah, it's it's sort of anime and uh, live action Asian Yeah, and just some live action and, films as well. And yeah. films. I mean, it seems to be principally anime, or am I incorrect? No, no you're wrong. Mostly? There's, there's okay. a lot of J-drama and okay. stuff on it, too. Uh, well, on the site, they promote generally the anime. It seems that's mostly what right. I see promoted. But yes, obviously, there's many live action films there. But this is an interesting... I mean, they have in the past uh, had manga before... Uh, and Country Roll is interesting anyway because they kind of reformed themselves. They started off as essentially a scanlation site. The, they, then they went they completely actually, legit. They they started off as even more than that. They started off as a a pirate streaming site. Yeah. So they had a lot of anime episodes, mm -hmm. a lot of J dramas mm. and K dramas uh, on there mm -hmm. illegally, and then they saw an opportunity to go legit, and they yeah. and they grabbed it. And they did it big time. And the service works actually pretty well. It's not tremendously expensive. Uh, well, you don't even need to pay yes, to you can see pay a lot free, of yeah. it. Now, to get the manga, you can... In fact, for this, you actually, you can get the manga without paying for it, but you get it with by ad. You, you right. get along with ads. If you pay uh, a small monthly fee, I think for the... It's four ninety nine. Uh, then you have access to, to 12 tiles, and I believe what... Six of them are actually not available in English through the usual uh, Kadansha USA publishing. Yeah, and they're expanding to over 50 titles by next summer. Ah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, and it uh, includes Attack on Titan right now, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, big blockbuster yeah. that's kind uh, of absolutely reinvigorating the manga audience. Uh, so this is kind of encouraging. It's it's a, a subscription service that seems to be avoiding all of the worst problems of J manga. What yeah. would you say to that case? Well, I would say that we have to see their their interface first yeah. before we can say that. But they actually do have some titles that people are really interested in and mm -hmm. some that have not come out in English for yet. Yes. Um, there's a comic that we've been hearing about called Space Brothers yes. from Kadansha mm -hmm. that is now going to... Uh, well, it's actually being made into a live-action film as well as an ongoing television anime, so it's a big property. Yeah. And it's coming pretty much right now. It's exclusively on Crunchyroll in English. Yeah. Um, 
and you know a number of other titles which people have not heard of in the United States but they may jump on yeah yeah uh, you can check out our story it's at publisherswiki.com slash comics and we also need and the writer Deb Aoki actually is doing a follow up where she's going to talk a little uh, closer with all the principles uh, so it'll be more details on the uh, Kodansha and Crunchyroll yeah, but digital it, manga but deal but clearly uh, um, this is a sign that uh, manga publishers are well waking up to the real world yes <laughs> well, by getting that yes by coming up with uh, with economical digital access to their content yeah and they've dragged their feet on this for years and we're finally seeing as we're finally seeing a turnaround in the manga American manga market supposedly up uh, about 6% in the third quarter um, you know Kodansha's had a really amazing year yes so uh, this is great, and we're seeing the rebounding of the manga industry. So um, hopefully this is going to be part of it. Right. All right. Moving right along. All right. This is, <laughs> this is a, 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 an interesting issue, uh, to say the least. Uh, the retailer at Comic Inc. and the debacle around um, apparently destroying a comic uh, right. Meanwhile, in publishers in front that of failed customers. to evolve. Yeah, well, uh, this is, we call, we've been calling this the comic shop that failed to evolve. Failed to evolve. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, but basically, it's a story called, you know, I hate to give the name of the store, but, um, but you know, I don't even know. It's all over the should. internet, so. But, uh, yeah, it's called Comic Inc., and it's located in Culver City. And uh, what first came to light was when Pretty Deadly, which is a, a new comic from Image that uh, sold out of 57,000 copies of its first issue by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios, two pretty talented creators. And um, basically, I guess the, the, there was a bunch of folks standing around and, um, you know, tearing the rings off flies. No, I'm, I shouldn't exaggerate. But <laughs> yes, uh, anyway, I... just as you do at a comic shop, uh, you know, she'll talk about whether they like the comic or right. not. Right. Like, you know, you something that goes on every week at the social. But, you know, then it was like, apparently, you know, this comic is impossible to read. And the owner of the store tore it up in front of everyone. So... He says um, a small group of his a small friends. Group of, a small group of friends. Customers. Now, now, you know, I could kind of understand. This did get written up on CBR. I can kind of understand you're standing around shooting the breeze with your pals and you do something for effect. I mean, I kind of get that. And yeah. I mean, I, I think I that's pretty stupid. But, um, you know, when the word of this got out, uh, Image publisher Eric Stevenson wrote to uh, a website with an account. It's appears because some people said, oh, you know, this is a good store and Eric Stevenson used to shop there. And Eric said that when he had shopped there, he had been buying some gifts, not even for himself. He bought some comics and one of the clerks actually looked at one of them that he was buying and said, you know, this is terrible and pulled it out of his stack and put it aside. Now, you know, we don't know whether that comic was terrible or not, but, um, you know, you don't do that. You don't tell people not to buy something. This is just the way comic shops are run in the 90s, you know? I mean, this is like like people standing around bad-mouthing comics they don't like at comic shops. This is not where retailing's at now. And I mean, it's it's one thing for the customers to badmouth a comic. Absolutely, it's, and you know, and it's also one thing for for a retailer to, to hand sell or not hand sell yes. a comic, and to express his preferences for books that he think that he's excited, or about or even just not. say that he's not as excited about. Yeah, and, and I and <laughs> I think to some extent I may be overreacting about it, but I do find it beyond the pale. I think it crosses the line. When you take a comic and rip it apart in front of your customers, I just think that well, this I isn't think, what a retailer I mean, should I, be I, doing. I, I mean, we don't know quite the circumstances of this. You well, know, he's admitted that he well, did. Well, he it. did, but I, I'm also just saying, you know, I can kind of understand it's a heat of the moment thing, even though I find it yeah. inexcusable. But you know, going and pulling sales out of your customers. 
pile. And I'm just saying, I won't let you buy. I mean, this is not an isolated incident. You know, I find it incredibly telling that this shop has no website, no Twitter (laughs) feed. The the Facebook page is one of those auto-generated ones. It has a Yelp listing. And I mean, some people have stood up for it saying, oh, we like going there. We like, you know, the owner's great. I mean, this is what retailing was 20 years ago. They were these Android's dungeons where you (laughs) went to, you know... Okay. Tear things up. Okay, you know, well, apparently, I, the dragon something or other. Well, yeah. I, I, um, well, there, I there s- are a couple of stores like that in my hometown where I thought, oh, how nice, a comic book closer to my home. Uh, and then I'd go in, I've and then they would, the you know, forty something, fifty something owner would sort of squint in his badly lit den, which had you know girly posters plastered to the ceiling. And you could tell. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh. They really were well, there. Well, that's very common among stores in the uh, 80s. I'll tell you that right now. not surprising in any yeah. um, I mean, they were regard. comic girly posters. But anyway, uh, and would sort of squint at you. And you could tell the mathematics going on in his head was, <laughs> I don't understand. What are you doing here, female person? And um, this but, is within our lifetimes. Well, this is, this is within the last... Uh, five years wow you know i'm like oh i'm visiting my parents for the weekend i'm gonna no um and like he'd be like oh we don't carry those books anymore they don't sell um (laughs) and you know you could tell it's because like you have no lighting and you scare off anybody who's not a regular like that is why your newer books don't sell right Right. Well, you know, before we bash this guy too much, you know, we weren't there. Um, I, 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 I don't want to overreact. Once again, anybody can have a bad moment and yeah. think they're being but, funny. Well, well, but, I, but, was, I mean, I think it's more of a symbol. I but it is, more and, of a and that's symbol. why we're so upset. It's is like that? The, it is literally like a coelacanth. It's like somebody pulled some dinosaur out of the ocean. And, and I mean, and, and we're we're also I mean we're seeing now retailers move to another level of professionalism uh, to encourage a wider variety of readers in the store, and you know something like this working. just makes you despair a little I mean, bit. I feel like there's a certain type of comic book shop owner who sees themselves as a tastemaker. And sometimes they take this responsibility as a tastemaker a little too seriously. I have encountered this from both ends of the spectrum, from, you know, the fossils and from people at a unnamed, arty, hipster comic book store who actually started sneering at me about my Vertigo book choices. Um, <laughs> and I had to walk out of there before I turned myself into a nerd before cliche. You went, before you went, like, nerd rampage on him. Yeah. Um <laughs> It was not pretty. And, you know, so I think this impulse is deep in the comic book community. And it's one thing when you're on your blog online. And it's another thing when you should be acting professionally in a comic book store. Right. I mean, I I have to say, when I first heard about this, I didn't really get what the big deal is. Because, frankly, my thought is, so a bunch of Neanderthals are being twits over in their corner. The rest of the internet cares why. But, you know, as you talk about this, I realize that it's, it's more... It's not the thing itself. It's, yeah, it's it's the for this one we managed to hear about. Like there's got to be hundreds of this going on everywhere, and well, these guys well, maybe I, need to grow up. I, well, the sad thing is that there are probably yeah. a lot of stores. You know, I just ran a number the other day at the the uh, Diamond Retail Conference. They said they had uh, you know the number I quoted in my story, but it's something like twenty four hundred accounts. So some of those might be buying clubs. Clubs, not all of them are necessarily retail, but that's probably a pretty decent number. Hmm. Um, some of these go back to the olden days. And, you know, I just, I'm going to segue here to talking about, because just this past weekend I was at Detroit Fanfare, uh, which is a show, 
in Dearborn, which is run by a bunch of people. One of them is a retailer named Dennis Barger. And I mean, I have to be honest, Dennis, by his own admission, would say he is also one of these throwbacks. I mean, he is definitely known as the the guy with the backwards baseball cap. And, you know, he hates digital. He hates, he's always talking about a lot of things. I don't really agree with Dennis at all, but we are, you know, we are friends because he's, he's, you know, such a character and he, he does love comics in his own way. And, uh, you know, he invited me to be a guest so far, be it for me to turn down this, this, um, this invitation. But, you know, a lot of, Dennis would be the first to admit, a lot of retailers hate him because at, it shows he's always the first to raise his hand. And it's always something that is, more of a throwback Thursday kind of issue okay. than, than moving forward. <laughs> okay. And uh, But, you know, his store is very successful. Yeah. Very successful, yeah. even though a lot of people disagree with how it being in terms of modern retailing. And, you know, Kate, I, I think that's that's exactly what it is. I think mm. uh, these, you know, I mean, I'm not wishing Dennis lack of success, but I'm just saying some of these, you know, get a website for God's <laughs> sake. I mean, Jesus Christ, God and, forbid. You know, you know, there's this thing called the Internet <laughs> Comics, Inc. I mean, you might accidentally expose yourself, you know, and and, and we just and we get don't some need new that. Get some new customers in your store. And, yeah. And, and uh, you know, maybe that'll put you on better behavior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, but let's return to the Detroit Fan Fair. Well, this, uh, tell yeah, us a little bit more well, about it. This is an interesting show because Detroit is kind of a classic comics town. It was actually the birth of the Comic-Con. Um, Shel mm. Dorff actually had a, mm. had a triple threat con there uh, way back in the Andalusian pre-Cambrian era. Uh, Sheldorf, the co-founder of the San Diego Comic-Con. And so there's a pretty strong mm-hmm. um, tradition there. There's some great shops like Green Brain, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, an amazing store. Um, and I had never been to this part. I've never been to Michigan before. So I was very curious to experience it firsthand. And, you know, it's a pretty tough economy there with Detroit. It's Boy, recently bankrupt. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the city's mostly abandoned. I mean, I heard so many stories about, you know, the state of Detroit. Um, but And... and uh, I would also say this was a bit of a throwback con in that it was, uh, I mean, it's just the way things, the way things used to be. It was yeah, sort of like a lot of long boxes. What? I mean, it's a lot of long boxes. Mm. I mean, sales were kind of so-so. Mm. Uh, not a lot of creators. Are there pro- there is there was, programming? There was programming. It was it was all there. I yeah, mean, yeah. they had extra things. Like, they had superhero parkour. I don't know how that went. They had this 24-hour... <laughs> I put up some pictures on the oh. beat, actually. They had 24-hour video game. They had a zombie party. I mean, they had all the things. They yeah, had a yeah. costume contest. They had everything. They weren't always the best attended, but they really were trying. And I will say there was a lot of kids there. I'd say everybody had a good time. Um, you know, I think given... Given the way the neighborhood is, uh, I think there's certain things that could have been done better. But I don't think this is going to be like you know Emerald City too. What uh, kind of attendance did they get? Do you, uh, you know, I have you know, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a few thousand people there, yeah. so yeah. I don't think they know either. <laughs> 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 but um, but you know, I had yeah. a great time, and I, I got to eat some of the classic uh, Buddy's Pizza. Apparently, okay. this is the legendary food of Dearborn, Michigan, and yeah. it was pretty legendary. There you go. All right, Kate, news briefs. Universal Studios has found themselves in a bit of hot water from two groups of very unhappy customers, both comic fans who hate change and gay people, because in their... Who love it. <laughs> no, no gay people <laughs> who hate it. Who, oh, who hate change. Well, who love change. They... Never mind. I'm, I'm ruining your intro. Go on. Okay. <laughs> Excuse so, me. So in their Halloween show, starring Bill and Ted, yes, that Bill and Ted, um, Bill and Ted go killing witches for Halloween-related reasons, 
and they bring Superman along with them because I don't know it's Universal Studios uh, but S- Superman gets hit with fairy dust and cer- suddenly turns from regular Superman to bad gay cliche Superman and indeed they're like well now he can't help us because he's gay <laughs> because, or he's because he's a gay stereotype <laughs> right right who apparently suddenly sounds like drunken Richard Simmons and uh, the whole skit ends with Superman to go uh, have sex with General Zod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, needless to say, fanboys were horrified. Gay people were horrified. <laughs> yes, yes. And Universal Studios wavered between sort of, we're very sorry, we don't know how this happened, and what's the big deal, you guys? Uh, but it has been pulled. But you do sort of wonder, like, how how did that get through enough layers of bureaucracy to to even happen? I mean, I would think that Warner Brothers would be zealous enough about protecting its IP that they wouldn't want it's, uh, pink kryptonite it's, Superman. It's pretty amazing because you, you you actually left out the description of the end uh, the end game of that skit, where actually General Zod. Somehow that goes to his knees at one point. No, no, no. General Zod says, kneel before Zod, ah, okay. as he does. And Superman says, finally. Yeah. And then uh, one presumes they then have sex. Yeah. Off screen. So, yeah, it's sort of bizarre, but there you go. Uh, and, <laughs> and so basically everyone was offended, and they were shocked, shocked that this happened. And all I can say is, how did that even happen? Well, I get over... I think a lot of people work at Universal Studios. It's a lot of, you know, actors who are slumming or, you know, slumming. Some of them love it, love doing that. And let's just say they probably had a lot of free time, you know. And, <laughs> and so. um And not much yeah. supervision. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, I think... Not it, enough supervision. Yeah, they just... Not enough supervision. So, um, you know, uh, that's how it happens. Yeah, well... Uh, but meanwhile, uh, speaking of uh, alternate sexualities and superheroes and super characters... Uh, Marvel's new Loki comic will feature Loki as a bisexual gender fluid trickster, which uh, most of us who have read the myths go, well, yeah, that's Loki. But apparently he was not officially so in the comics, despite having spent a lot of time in a woman's body flirting with guys in the comics. I don't even know. But a lot of people are very <laughs> upset about this, um, whereas, and a lot of people are very happy about it. And there's a lot of fan squabbling on the subject but all I can say is if in the myths your character has turned into a female horse and gotten pregnant with a foal you got no argument yeah, on the awesome. subject the continuity on Tom this new comic Hiddleston is going to be awesome slash, man. The slash. <laughs> I'm loving it okay <laughs> uh, not to mention all the gender bending yes okay um, the comic same difference is going to be the book for this year's World Book Night. Uh, among the books. Among the books. Thanks. Among the books. And I can I can talk to a little bit about okay. this because actually I was approached to provide a list of graphic novels oh, great. for World Book Night. World Book Night is really this really kind of amazing event that's been going on the last four or five years or something. Basically, they pick about thirty to forty books, um, uh, and they basically give away a half a million copies across all of them. Uh, one night in spring, early spring, and it's, it's April 2014, and it's a combination of book giveaway and world read-off because it happens in cities, uh, libraries, bookstores all around the world. 
they're on the same night. It's an awesome event. Like I said, they give away a half a million copies of various books. Uh, Carl Leonard's uh, veteran book publishing guy is the executive director of World Book Night USA. He actually uh, approached me many months ago. He says, we, we want to get our first graphic novel in. Would you help him? So I sent him a list of eight books, one of which was uh, Derek Kim Kirk's Same Difference. Um, Good call, Calvin. I, well, I sent him eight. I mean, I, I, actually, I can tell you the other ones on my list. Yeah. Because next year, we're going to go for two graphic yeah, novels. Yeah, let's do the yeah. other But uh, I sent him Derek Kirk Kim's. I sent him Carly Speed McMeal's Talisman. Uh, James Durham's The Golem's Mighty Swing, Gabriel Bell's Lucky, Adrian Tomini's Shortcomings, Adrian Tomini's Scenes from an Impending Marriage, Jaime Hernandez's The Death of Speedy, and Chester Brown's Louis Real. Uh, Great have, list. Great they list. Have a, uh, they have certain conditions that have to make. He, he actually asked for a black and white comics because they reprint mm-hmm. these. They approach the publisher and then they reprint them Special. in cheaper editions yeah. uh, to be given away. Uh, and um, so, so actually, it, was, it, it worked really well. I, uh, it was really great. They live streamed the event. In fact, if you go to to the World Book Night website, they may have uh, archived. Um, Shindig actually did the um, uh, did the live streaming, although they had some technical problems. Went down a couple times, uh, but you can. I, but I think they got me on there holding up the the the, uh, <laughs> the graphic novel, the first graphic novel to be picked for World Book Night. So congratulations to Dirk Kirkin and for a second. I actually, when I announced the book, I actually gave it the wrong name because I gave the name that it was originally published under, which is Same Difference and Other Stories. Stories, which is the top shelf version. Exactly, of the but they have since republished it, obviously, uh, as a novella. At first right. second, but, but you know what? That's a really great pick on both. Uh, yeah, because it's, a great it's book. really it's awesome, wonderful standalone book that yeah. came out. Uh, when did it first come out? Like two thousand four, and it won an Eisner, didn't it? It won an Eisner, won the Harvey, it won yeah. the Ignatz. It swept all the awards that year and really put Derek on the map. Absolutely. And then he kind of like uh, became had horrible like writer's block, artist block for yeah. a long time, and hadn't really been seen until this year or a couple no, years. No, a couple years. I mean, he had, had, he had yeah. a couple major books in the recent past well he's been drawing things that he wasn't writing and then he had yeah. tune come out so yeah. um but and he was uh, sort of, yeah and he was writing too and sometimes yeah not drawing, yeah, yeah yeah but he but, had a lot of fits and starts after and then he's making isn't he doesn't he isn't he doing that side mythology the site they're doing the, the sort yeah. of web series yes which does. is also quite good yeah so he's been doing a lot of things but i that's a really great debut book and, yeah um, and, and a and really, really talented to, artist yeah, so yep, um yep. and i yeah world perfect. book night next yep. year and 2015, we're going to go for two graphic novels. So, relentless. Okay, that world domination is what we see. So, um, that wraps it up for today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes Absolutely. and on you our can website. Absolutely. slash comics. And we will see you next episode. And because guess what? There is more to come. And now for a musical interlude outtake from our more to come host. Mr. Sandman. Send me a dream. Make it the darkest that I've ever seen.